Welcome to Breitbart News Daily. Thanks for being here. The uh, only interview, and the best interview that we had on the show today was with Dr. Sebastian Corka, so we will get to him in a moment. But first, we'll play the opening segment, which was a bit of a capper on the Trump indictment. Right? We've had a day to digest it, uh, so we got some, some news clips we'll play and put it all together here and um, help us understand it a little deeper. Here you go. massive panels here one of the guys said that this indictment is much worse much worse than the other one this is tricky the the left's got themselves in a little little wicked here because if they talk about how much worse this one is then that can also downplay or at least reveal how ridiculous the other ones are as well and van jones does a little bit of that here I, I think what is, I think most striking is that the other cases, they're only historic because this doesn't usually happen. You know, the president stole some documents, maybe he did something bad with them, he's lying about it. You don't, you, you got to slap him on the wrist, you got to do something because it's wrong. Uh, he's impeding justice in the porn star case. You got it. But these are kind of technical things. There's actual harm to our country if this type of thing becomes normal. If anybody who's... I mean, this is essentially a coup. I mean, we would look at this in any other country you would say, and say this was a coup. If, if, if you look at this... Real quick. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> we have Niger right now. Going, there, there's, a, there's an actual insurrection that happened in Niger last week. The men in military fatigues who showed up on the nightly news and said... We stole the president. We kidnapped the president. We're in charge now. That's a coup. If people showed up in fatigues on the nightly news and said, we would like to recount the votes in Georgia or whatever, whatever the equivalent of Georgia is in Niger. And, and, and then when they do recount the votes, it didn't really work out. It didn't change. And then uh, they end up being like, ah, oh, okay, whatever. And then they leave. That's not a, that's not a coup. That's not a coup attempt. Uh, this is insane. This in indictment, this is describing a coup attempt in our country. And so this is the one 100 years from now that everybody's going to know about and look at. And if he gets away with it in our court system, shame on us. But this is, this is the biggest, to your point, yeah. it's probably the biggest prosecution in the history of the country. Well, and it yeah, it's wild. Don't you feel sometimes like you're taking crazy pills? Right? It's like, what? I'm so fascinated by people. People are so interesting. We're not going to play this all. Let's play, we'll play, let's just do a 90 seconds of this. Right? You, you've, you've seen this before. You've seen this video before. It's 12 minutes of Democrats denying election results. Okay. Now listen, I, I, hypocrisy doesn't do much for me, pointing out hypocrisy. I think it's something, and we'll do it. I think we'll do it. You can't stop there, though. That's not the end. That's just a step along the way. Uh, so it's, it's worth 90 seconds of. But I play it in the context of what Trump did is is the the worst thing in the like the greatest in the world. <laughs> it's like what are you guys talking about? A coup attempt? If if what Trump did was a coup attempt, is this a coup attempt? You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what I'm thing. scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put into office because of the Russians' interference. 
Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see the president elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Do you believe Trump is a legitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. But there absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. So that was a very tainted election. And, and in that sense, it, it's illegitimate. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. All right, you got it. It was 12 minutes of that. We're all on the same page here. That was clearly, that was a planned talking point. You can't have all those Democratic leaders saying the same thing over and over. So clearly that's spread throughout the entire Democratic Party. Uh, hey, Van. Not great for democracy to claim that the winner of the election is illegitimate, is it? Nothing Trump did was violent. Nothing Trump did was beyond the pale at all. Nothing Trump did was different than Stacey Abrams did when she lost the governor's race in Georgia, suing and recounting votes and looking at the election rolls and all the rest. Nothing Trump did rhetorically was any different than the Democrats did after 2016 or 2004 or uh, 2000. Right? The Democrats constantly said the election was uh, with Trump was stolen. Brian Kemp stole the election in Georgia through voter suppression against Stacey Abrams. It's, it's, it's all the same. Do not think for one second and this will be the end of my hypocrisy point. Because again, it's not, the, it's not the end. It's just a thing. Do not think for one second that if Trump ended up with more votes on election night, right? The way that it was going all night long, that the left would not be making the same exact claims that Trump did. Of course they would. And the left would be way more violent than January 6th. They were on quite a hot streak when it came to violence that year. Remember the George Floyd riots and Black Lives Matter and all the rest. So they would be way worse if Trump won. And they will when Trump wins in 2024 as well. There will be violence. And listen, this is, this is bad. This is, this is the new norm and it's bad and I don't like it. Whoever loses any election from now on will freak out and complain and do all this stuff. Legitimate, illegitimate president all the forever. It's not good for the republic. It's not good for our country. And there's no way to stop it. Truly, I don't think there's... Help me if, if you can think of something else. I don't think there's any way to stop it until we have same-day voting, voter ID, complete voting transparency, like, oh, you count in the open, and no mail-in ballots. Just voter... We got to get rid of voter fraud. The entire voting system needs to be completely locked down and tightened up so that people can trust it. People need to trust the vote. That's it. It's the only way that people can stop making claims about stolen elections. We need to tighten up the vote. But the Democrats want to expand it. They want to expand it more and more. They want to make it weeks of early voting. They want automatic mail-in ballots to every single adult. They want no photo ID. They want illegal immigrants to vote. They want voting online. They want to make it more vague, more open-ended, more impossible to track and follow. They want less of a paper trail, right? They, it's the same thing. We, the only way to stop this, and this is not, okay, we're on the same page. This is not good. Some, when a party loses an election, they claim it was fraud. Okay, that's not a good thing to have for the rest of our lives. Okay, so we got to stop this. No, we, and the only way to do it, tighten up the election, the voting day. Got to tighten it up. 
as much as you possibly can so that people can trust the outcome. And the Democrats only want to expand it and make it more vague and and tr- less trustworthy. So I'm just I'm so sick of this nonsense that this is a coup attempt. That is so hysterical. It's absolutely hysterical. Not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. You have... You have to admit, like one has to admit that the 2020 election was at least different because of COVID and states mailing out ballots like they've never done before. At least one has to concede that. And one has to concede that the voting system is not as secure as it should be. Just ask the Democrats in 2016 or the Democrats in 2004 or the Democrats in 2000. And of course, I turn again to the PBS NewsHour report about Dominion voting machines in Georgia and how inaccurate they are and how susceptible to hacking they are and how the QR codes that they print out can be scanned multiple times. And that was released, was it six days before the election? It was five or six days before the election on PBS NewsHour just to set the stage for claims of voter fraud if Trump wins. So I cannot stand these people who are truly creating mistrust and anger and outrage and hysteria in this country for no reason. And then in the indictment, it says Trump created mistrust and outrage. It's like, what are you, are you out of? And you know what they would do? There's a way out of this. If the Democrats wanted to turn down the temperature, it would be very easy. So here they are complaining that, oh, everyone's so... Unbelievable what he did, and they're out here saying it's a the coup, it's the greatest coup in the in the world. If they wanted to turn that temperature, it'd be very easy. Here's what they do: they say, "Hey Trump, you lost in 2020, fair and square. Sorry, champ, you lost. But hey, you want to run again? Super, bring it on, bring it on in 2024. Let's see what you got. You think you can win on the economy? Great. You think you're better than Biden on the economy? Let's see it. Let's hear your case." You think you're going you're gonna to win on immigration? All right, we'll make our immigration case. You think you can win on crime? All right, we'll go up against uh, Biden. Go up against Biden and our team, the Democrats, and we'll see who wins this time. And then done. It's over. It's over. Focus on the present and the future, and we can just move on from it, and that's it. But they won't do that. They can't do that. They want to keep stoking the flames of 2020. Why? Well, J.D. Vance, senator, said Joe Biden is indicting Donald Trump again because he's losing in the presidential race. He would rather throw Donald Trump in prison than face him at the ballot box. Just move on. But they can't. And one reason they can't politically is, uh, well, I think Trump will win, but they can't let Trump set the uh, topics anymore. That's why Trump won in 2016 is he completely took the oxygen out of the room for certainly every Republican, but also for uh, against Hillary. And everyone was always reacting to what Trump did. Trump set the stage. Trump set the narrative. Trump set the news cycle. And everyone was always reacting to him. And the Democrats know that. They couldn't get in front of Trump. They couldn't get in front of the news cycle. No one could ever do anything that Trump responded to. Trump was always in charge of setting the narrative. But with this... Now Trump's reacting. Trump's responding. Trump can't get ahead with any uh, policy. right? There was a couple weeks ago or months ago maybe now, Trump was like, hey, everyone, I want to build, vote for me, and I want to build 10 new cities. <laughs> right? I want to build 10 cities of the future. And we're going to have a contest. We have like federal land, uh, and we're going we're gonna to parse some of it off. And we're going to have a contest. See, see who can build the best city of the future. Now, as you can think that's a ridiculous idea or whatever, but like that's a future thinking idea. That's something that Trump would have said in 2016. And then they would have gone to all the Republican candidates and be like, oh, what do you think of Trump's idea? And they would have had to respond to Trump. And Trump just can't get in front of all this stuff now. And that's one of the points. Is this is the narrative. And they want to drain, his, drain him from money. That's the other thing. And just and you know what else they want? To, so there's three things they want to keep prevent Trump from setting the narrative. They want to drain him money as money with legal costs, 
and they want to, um, oh, darn it, what was the third thing? Money, narrative, third thing, third thing. That was Slater, write it down. What was the third thing they wanted to do? That'll come to me in a second. Uh, let's go over the, uh, it'll, it'll truly come to me. It's right on the old tip of the tongue. That'll get them. Let's go over these charges again real quick. I know we did this yesterday. We read through the indictment. But let's, uh, let's make it a little tighter so that we can uh, spread the word and know exactly what's going on here. Get the full uh, context background. So four counts. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. As we talked to Joel Pollack yesterday, conspiracy in the legal world means meeting of the minds. So it's two people at least uh, or more coming together and uh, talking about committing a crime. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And conspiracy against rights. That's the weirdest one to me when I first read. It's like conspiracy against rights. What are you talking, what's that about? Conspiracy against rights. All right, so number one, defraud the United States. Normally, that's financial in nature. That's a financial defrauding of the United States. But the claim here is that Trump's questioning of the election results affected the, the, the process of the federal government, which cost money? <laughs> so therefore, he defrauded the government? That, like, did you just get an idea of what a stretch that is? Like, what would be a defrauding of the federal government? I guess a defrauding of the federal government would be uh, if you're like a federal contractor or something and you claim something cost $100 million and it really cost $10 million and you pocket the rest or something like that. Like, that would be defrauding. I guess. Uh, that, but questioning election results cost money. So, therefore, like, I don't think so. Uh, we have uh, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. So, that's January 6th. That's what that's in relation to. All right, here's uh, a little clip of his speech from January 6th, just so we're on the same page. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. I remember the third thing. The third thing that they want to do with all this stuff is they want to make people tired. I think that's one of the reasons why so many people voted for Biden in 2020 at all is because people were just beat up by the media. It's just incessant coverage of Trump. Nods to make it stop. Oh, I vote for the old boring guy, whatever. So I think they want the media just wants to keep pounding that tr that their coverage of Trump exhausts people. And people are just like, oh, I can't. they want to demoralize. That's a good word. They want to demoralize people. With all this, guys, like, oh, do we really want to do all this? The same thing. I can't know if I can go through 2016 again. Oh, okay, I'm just not voting. I can't. Like that. That's the other essence of just keep harping on uh, Trump's crimes of the past. That's the other reason they're doing. It. Okay, uh, so that's a clip of Trump's big insurrection speech on 2016. So we're gonna walk. All right, everyone, let's walk. And then when we get to where we're going, we're going we're gonna to really let them have it. We're going to cheer on some people. And then to the people we don't like, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to not cheer. We're going to not cheer them on. So we're going to we have two things we're going to do when we, when we get there. We're just going to walk. We're going to walk there. Take a little while. We'll walk. And then we're going to uh, cheer some people and not cheer others. <laughs> now, I've never been involved in a coup. That doesn't sound very violent to me. I don't know exactly, but I don't, that's not, that doesn't really rile me up. I doubt the Navy SEALs, before they go on a mission, I doubt they're like, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to land in Osama bin Laden's compound, and we're going to walk to the front door. Okay? And then when we get there, 
we're going to cheer on the good guys and not cheer the bad guys. Like, that's not super violent. And that's, that's what MSNBC decided. That, like, that's MSNBC. That's an MSNBC clip on YouTube. That's what they decided to share. They're like, we got to find the most violent part. I think they're harping on the word strong. We got to be strong. So that, that's what they focus like, oh, oh my God, we got him. <laughs> we got him. Look at this clip right here of Donald Trump saying, you got to be strong. It's like, yeah, he also said you got to cheer on. But what they didn't do is share the next line. The very next line is where he said, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. They cut that line out. That line was next in the clip. They could have, instead of having a 42-second clip, they could have had a 54-second clip with the full context. But, of course, they did not. The last one, and we talked to Joel about this yesterday because this is the one I had the most questions about, violation of rights. What does that mean? So that is a civil rights law written against the Klan, against the Ku Klux Klan, who were denying people the ability to vote. So let me read the law. If two or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any person in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured to him by the Constitution or the laws of the United States, they shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both, and if death results from the acts committed in violation of this section, they shall both be fined under this title or imprisoned for any term, any terms of years or for life or both, or may be sentenced to death. So Jack Smith and the rest, they haven't talked about the death penalty for Trump yet. But the crime they're charging him with does carry the death penalty. And if they say that January 6th resulted in the... So Trump conspired to commit a crime. That resulted in January 6th. And in January 6th, people died, including Ashley Babbitt. And they say, police officers, and that didn't happen, but they think it did. Either way, they can, they'll say, well, listen, Trump conspired to commit a crime. Crime committed. People died. Therefore, eligible for the death penalty. And we know it's a clan inspired bill just because of the history of it. But also, one of the lines that I skipped over... Uh, so when the, the the way the law is written, it's like if if this or this or this or this or this, there's different versions of it. And one of the or this is, is or if two or more persons go in disguise on the highway. So there, that's the clan in disguise traveling from one place. If they just go in disguise on the highway. So that's the specificity of the clan. So the idea is if you prevent, at least in the beginning, black people from voting if you, with intimidation or whatever, then you are charged with conspiracy to violate rights. So you're like, well, what, how did Trump prevent people from voting? Well, he didn't prevent people from voting. But the claim is that he wanted to overturn election results in, let's say, Georgia. And that would have taken away someone's right to vote. Now, they would have already voted, but it would have taken away, it would have disenfranchised them and therefore been a conspiracy to violate their rights. That's the, that's the strategy. So there you go. Those are the, those are the charges against him. And he's facing 561 years in prison and the death, the death penalty, potentially. So as you know by now, the problem with this is they have to prove intent. And this is our main point yesterday. And there's more and more people saying the same thing. They have to prove that Trump knew he was lying. Now, we had a guy call in yesterday uh, who said, Slater, you're an idiot. Ignorance is not an excuse. Ignorance of the law is not a defense of the law. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And he's right. He's right. You can't steal a car and get arrested and say, oh, Really? Are you, are you for real? I had no idea. I, it, it's, you tell me, you tell me it's illegal to steal a car? No, I don't, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that if you can hotwire a car, it's yours. I think that's it. I don't, I don't think it's, is it? I didn't know. Listen, now that I know, I'll never do it again. I'm sorry. You can't do that. That's not, that's not a thing. Unless, you're charged with fraud. In which case, it specifically says, the law specifically says you, you have to purposefully, willingly, knowingly have broken the law. Or in this case, know 
that what I'm saying is untrue, but I'm going to say it anyway. These fraud charges require that standard. And they didn't even attempt to do it. Uh, Bob Barr. Is it Bob or Bill? I was going to write. I was going to wrong. Bill Barr. Yeah, Bill Barr. Uh, Trump's attorney general. He said, I think he said one of the most impressive things. But that is so bizarre. It can't be. He couldn't have said that's the most impressive. One of the most impressive things. Uh, I'll, I'll find the exact word. But he said what was noticeable about the indictment is how sparse it was. No, it may have been impressive. I think it was how impressive is how sparse it was. And you're like, what? That's how, you mean how pathetic the indictment was? Is how sparse it was? So Bill Barr says, he agrees. Like Everyone agrees that that's the bar that has to be met. Barr has to be met. Is you have to prove Trump knew. And the fact that there's no even attempt to prove that Trump knew in the indictment says to Bill Barr that they have that Trump card. They just haven't played it yet. They have it somewhere. They don't have to give all their evidence now. They have it, and they're going to they're gonna slam it on the table when the time is right. I, I'm not so sure about that but, that, that, but that's how sparse the indictment is. That's how they don't even attempt to prove that Trump knew he was lying. And it's, it's so obvious that they don't even attempt to that people who are trying to spin this against Trump are like, well, the fact that they didn't prove it says that they have it. <laughs> so, like, why, why wouldn't they put it in now? Worth noting, for Trump's entire political career, he's been told he can't do things. And Joel made this point that his whole, his whole political career, which isn't a long time, but uh, was told, you can't build this wall. You can't move the, uh, the uh, embassy to Jerusalem. You can't cut taxes. You can't hire this person. You can't fire this person. You can't do that. You can't do this. You're wrong about that. You're wrong about it. And he's almost always right. So you can see how after the election it would be no different. You can say, oh, uh, you know, well, Mike Pence told him he was wrong. Well, I'm sure Mike Pence told him he was wrong a million times a day. And you can see how Trump would say, these people say, I, 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 I can't do this but I'm a fighter and I'm never going to give up. And they're wrong. They say this, I think they're wrong. I'm going to keep, right? You can clearly. And then by the way, he did give up. This is the capper to the whole thing. He gave up. He peacefully transferred out of power and that was the end of it. That's why, like this whole idea that it was a coup, it's so bizarre. Well, I'll play this clip. Like, like this, this is not what the leader of a coup says. These January 6th charges are so worthless. All he has to do is play the clip we just played a second ago from NBC News. They cherry-picked the worst-sounding clip. They just got to play that clip and then play this one. This is when this is like in the middle of January 6th, in the middle of the, of the insurrection. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where... Such a thing happened where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Yeah, that doesn't sound very insurrection-y. I don't know what leader of an insurrection in the midst of it. Like, this is it. This is the culmination of the insurrection that he's been building to. That's the whole claim. Like, oh, the lies, the months of lies, building to January 6th, obstruction of an official proceeding. Like, this is the moment. And then in the, in like, just at the beginning, like a few minutes into it, he's like, whoa, 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 everyone. Go home. Go home, be peaceful. Yeah, this. Uh, come on now. <laughs> oh, insurrection leader over there. There he is. Like what? How could like, that guy? That's he's the worst insurrectionist ever. What kind of insurrectionist leader tells everyone to go home? So it's absurd. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Last point. I should have a ton more points. Um, now nah, I'll save that one. I'll end on this. Uh, to go back to J.D. Vance's point, 
that they're doing all this. One of the reasons is just to they political, like political, like they want to mar him in all of this, uh, as opposed to let him set the stage for future big ideas. They don't want him to do that, so they gotta mar him down with all of this nonsense. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. Former President Barack Obama, at a private lunch with President Biden earlier this summer, voiced concern about Donald Trump's political strengths, including an intensely loyal following, a Trump-friendly conservative media ecosystem, and a polarized country, underlying his worry that Trump could be far more formidable of a candidate than many Democrats realize. So how do you take down someone who they're admitting is a formidable candidate? How do you take them down? Well, this is one of many ways. Breitbart News Daily. Welcome back to Breitbart News Daily. I want to go right to our interview with Dr. Sebastian Gorka, who has his own show, of course, on Salem Radio Network and used to be the National Security Affairs Editor at Breitbart. Dr. Gorka, wonderful to meet you, sir. Likewise, I'm still trying to work out the, uh, the picture that they posted of us uh, on Twitter, but uh, happy to be on the show. How are you it's- enjoying the new gig? It uh, well, the picture took me back as well, uh, so you know I had nothing to do with it. Just so. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was hoping that I was <laughs> and get them on air. Okay, it's, exactly. Congratulations to them. Uh, no, it's a new gig's fantastic. You kidding me? It's surreal and wonderful, and it's great to be part of the family that you uh, are always a part of as well. I know. Uh, we got to talk about uh, Trump indictments, and then we got to talk about Hunter Biden. We got a lot to do. Uh, I got some big questions for you, doctor. Did yeah. Donald Trump know that he lost the election? Uh, he, to this very day, doesn't believe he did because he didn't. And let's just be very clear here. Uh, I, I don't care. I mean, look, I was in the movie 2000 Mules by Dinesh D'Souza. You need to see it if you haven't seen 2000 Mules. Go to SalemNow.com and watch the movie. Uh, but, but, you know, I don't need evidence of you know, half a billion dollars from Zuckerberg for drop boxes in Democrat districts. I don't need the camera footage and the GPS and the phone tracking data of people going to 12 different counties in one day, dropping bundles of illegally harvested ballots into those drop boxes. I don't need anything to do with Dominion or voter machines. I don't need any of that. Here's, here's the only piece of evidence I need. You're telling me a decrepit, senile, old machine politician of 47 years who couldn't fill six chalk circles at a campaign event and basically hid in his basement, got more votes than the first black president. If you believe that, you're a moron. You're a double-digit IQ person, or you're just a propagandist. So we know. Look, look. Let, let's look at. Look, if you want empirical things, how about this? No president, no president in history, has received 10 million more votes, or any number of more votes, the second time round, and lost. And then we're supposed to believe that President Trump won 12 of the 16 bellwether counties uh, and also lost the election. Uh, We know the truth about this. Uh, It was rigged because of COVID. It was rigged because of the uh, 80 million mailed out ballots. So this case, if it were in front of a fair judge and not in a city where 90.3 percent of the population voted for Hillary, if this if this were a fair judge in a fair city, this would be thrown out day one. So. I asked that question, of course, just in case someone listening doesn't know why, is that the prosecutor has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Trump knew he lost the election. Like he called you up, Sebastian, and said, uh, hey, uh, Dr. Gorka, I lost this thing. I know I lost it, but we got to keep going on with these with these challenges so maybe we can steal this thing back. Like they have to prove that, uh, and they didn't even try. Now that led Bill Barr 
former attorney general, to say that he thinks this is just the tip of the iceberg. And he said he even said the most impressive thing about the indictment is how spare it is, which is very bizarre <laughs> that <laughs> a spare indictment is like a good in indictment. Uh, but he thinks there's more coming and they're, they're going to prove it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have moved forward with it. What do you say to that? Well, Bill Barr's a scumbag. Bill Barr is the worst of the worst. You expect the left uh, to be the left. They hate America. They hate themselves. They want to destroy the greatest nation on God's green earth. But this guy, who we have great faith in, pretended to be a patriot, pretended to do his duty, and then became the biggest swamp creature around. I mean, remember, I mean, just you guys can probably, you know, pull up the, the audio before the interview's over. This is the guy who on Wolf Blitzer before the election, says exactly what President Trump says. You cannot mail out tens of millions of ballots and not, not undermine the election. He said, you are playing with fire. It is a disastrous idea to mail out ballots. Oh, and then afterwards, it's hunky-dory, and he says nothing happened. The guy's a liar. He's a scumbag. Also, don't take my word for it. Google the following. Go, go online, if you're listening, and Google Bill Barr, CIA and contract. Look at who he was and the money he made, literally pallets of cash after he left the CIA working as their, uh, their um, legal counsel. So th this guy is deep, deep swamp. Do you think Donald Trump will go to jail? No, I, I don't. I, you know, I, I really don't. Uh, a, for a couple of, look, it's moot. It's, it's totally moot. Why? I mean, the people that we're, we're facing off against are evil bastards. I mean, they're conniving evil bastards, all of them. Jack Smith, the person who really runs the Department of Justice, Lisa Monaco, they are all total scumbags. But at the same time, they're actually cretins. I mean, this is a weird paradox about the left today. They, they don't have a brain among them. I mean, look, you don't have to like... Um, David Axelrod, uh, Obama's you know former campaign chief, but but at least Axelrod you know has got a couple of brain cells to, to rub together. There, there's no Machiavelli, there's no Jim Baker, there's there's no you know Newt Gingrich on the left. They're just bloody ideologues down to the last last chromosome. So so they want to put him in jail, but they haven't even read the stinking Constitution. They don't know that there's only three requirements to be president of the United States. Number one, you have to be 35. Number two, you have to be a natural-born citizen. And number three, you have to live con continuously in the United States for 14 years. You can be a convicted felon. You can be in an orange jumpsuit in a supermax you know, federal prison. You can still be president. But I don't think they will go there. Um, because you know, you know what the nice thing about this trial is? This will provide a national platform for a true litigation of the 2020 election. You know, the, the left loves to say, mm. oh, the, the, the courts proved that there was no cheating. Bullcrap. The judges, including judges that, you know, the Federalist Society gave us, you know, the, the vaunted list of conservative judges, most of whom turned out to be complete cowards, the judges never heard the evidence. Rudy wasn't even allowed to present the evidence because the judges didn't have the balls to listen. Now you've got you know, a, a case of international import with the leader of the opposition, the 45th president of the United States. We will be allowed to present all of the evidence that convinced the president that he believed and believes the election was stolen. So, you know, Bill Barr, you're a scumbag and the left, they're really idiots. The first hour, uh, talked about a lot about this, and I, I thought of three reasons why the left thinks they're benefiting from this, and I want to run them by you. First is uh -huh. uh, it will drain drain some of his finances to pay for legal bills and stuff. Uh, I think it makes people demoralized. I think, it, I think I think a lot of people just get tired, like ugh, more of this, more. Oh, more 2020 we got to do this all over again i think it just kind of crushes people's morale uh but i think the big one is it sets the narrative because one of trump's greatest strengths certainly in 2016 was he was able to completely control the narrative every single day and all the gop and even hillary they only had to react they only could react to what trump said and did uh the night before or the morning of so he completely set the narrative but now with this he's not 
it, it's, it feels like he's, or at least their goal is for him to not set the narrative. So instead of him talking about his plan that he came out with a couple months ago to build 10 new cities, right? Which is like awesome. Like, let's talk about that. He's not, we're not talking about that stuff. Instead, we're relitigating 2020. Do you, A, do you think that's true? And B, do you think that is to the Democrats' advantage to do that? Or do you think that's to Trump's advantage to do that? Well, n- now we're getting a, a little bit technical and we're trying to, you know, look, look in our, you know, our, our crystal ball. Um, the, the fact is, I don't believe the judge is going to allow this to be televised. So uh, as a result, the, the narrative setting won't exactly be, you know, Judge Chutkan's and Jack Smith's prerogative because you won't have live coverage. The, the, the narrative will be set by whoever responds the first and has the best pre-baked narrative after each day's hearing. So, I mean, President Trump it, it is the master of, of you know, the... Uh, um, you know, free media, um, and as a result, I don't worry about him being able to leverage this to his benefit. Mm. On top of that, I'm not sure this can go to trial before the election. I mean, mm. th- this is such a massive, you know, the, 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 the morons have included multiple states in, in this, you know, they, they, they've tried to make a geographic argument of all the things President Trump did to undermine the election. If you'd kept this to just you know, a national issue, then you maybe could have started the proceedings before the election. The fact that they've made this a multi-state investigation means that discovery and disclosure is going to require such a huge data dump with all kinds of, you know, additional requests for a diff change of venue, change of judge, all of the things that they, all the requests that will be made will delay this in perpetuity till I think, you know, after the election. So, so number one, you know, again, they, they really haven't thought this through. And number two, look at what's happened in the last year, Mike. I mean, I, I, every time, whether it's Bragg in Manhattan, whether it's Miami with Mar-a-Lago, whether it's the additional indictments targeting the Hispanic head of maintenance, you know, I mean, are, are you kidding me? The, the, the party of uh, Hispanics, the, the party of downtrodden minorities are going after the guy who fixes the boilers. Uh, every time they drop another hammer, what happens to the president's popularity and what happens to, to his ability to, to raise funds? I mean, I joked about this before, but if they drop many more indictments, he won't be, you know, 55 in, in popularity in the polls. He'll be 110. Yeah. Which do you think is the most absurd of the group of indictments. So number one being the Stormy Daniels, number two, classified documents. This is number three, January 6th and everything right after the election of January 6th. And number four is Atlanta. Uh, I just need to find 11,000 votes. And that is him committing voter fraud. Which of the four is the most absurd? The most absurd? Um, well, that's a toughie. I mean... Look, they're all insane because, you know, you listen to the phone call with Raffensperger and it's, you know, find the ones that haven't been counted. Find the ones that are genuine. It's not he didn't say go out and, you know, Xerox and, and, and yeah. photo stat, uh, you know, ballots for me. It's just garbage. Uh, Mar-a-Lago, the 1978 Presidential Records Act is clear. A president cannot be criminally charged with anything pertaining to classified documents. If Congress had wanted to make it possible to charge a president with anything to do with classified documents handling, they would have made that statute a criminal act. It's not. It's a civil statute. So day one, it should have been thrown out of the court because there there is no leg to stand on for the prosecutors. Uh, And then with this one, I mean, to to quote the great Kurt Schlichter, you know, one of the most successful West Coast attorneys, the guy who, you know, one Ben Shapiro's libel case for him against that insane, you know, the clock boy. Uh, Kurt, as soon as he read the 45-page indictment, he, he texted me and I said, "Dude, this is such good analysis. Put it on Twitter straight away." And and, uh, and he did. And he said, "Never in his 30 years has he read such a garbage indictment as this one. Everything, every single." accusation on the 45 pages of the latest indictment is protected speech 
under the First Amendment. So they're all they're all you know written by people smoking Hunter's crack pipe. Uh, Jonathan Turley said, "If you redline everything out, that's First Amendment. You're left with a haiku." Um, can we, uh, Dr. Gorka? Can we take a call here quick? Because this caller wants to ask you a question about yeah. something you just said that I uh, I go back and forth on as well, and I, and I want to get your uh, your nuance to the point here. Uh, we'll go to Steve in uh, Georgia. Steve, you're on uh, Breitbart News Daily. Sebastian Gorka's here with you. Ah, oh, Sebastian, uh, I, I I really like uh, listening to you. You bring so much intelligence to the equation. Uh, my point is Steve. that don't be don't be fooled that, by uh, the accent and the depth. That's uh, no, no. It's more than just that. It's more than that. Uh, go, go ahead, Steve. <laughs> okay, um, a lot of people that I talk to think that uh, that uh, the Democrats are really smart, uh, really stupid people. Personally, I think that they're really smart, and I'm not talking about a good smart either. I wanted your opinion on that. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, I've been saying, I've been thanks, Steve. It's a great question. I've been saying this for years on 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 my radio show uh, on America First that you know, it, no, it's a weird concatenation. It's a it's a it's a witch's brew. They're they're not smart. They're not intelligent. I mean, look at what they do. I mean, putting this cabbage in the White House, number one. Putting Kamala as the vice president. Are you kidding me? You know what what they are is conniving. And that's not intelligence. They're, they're sneaky. Mm. They're, they're like, you know, you know, sneaky, sneaky foxes. But when it comes to big picture strategy, they're not intelligence. That's always been, you know, my, my take on it. But they are dedicated. What, what they make up for lack of, you know, intelligence, what, what they lack, what they make up for their lack of intelligence with incredible dedication for their ideology, which is, you know, un-American. Yeah, and that's right. Is it, so is it, is it stupid or are they smart like the devil? Got like the, that nuance there. They're, they're just, we need to they're know. They're just conniving. They're just connivers. Yeah. They're just sneaky bastards, you know, yeah. who, who have. And the other thing is that we have to remember again and again and again, and Andrew Breitbart was so good on this. We're, we're kind of hobbled at the beginning of the race from the get-go. Why? Well, look at what we both believe in or, or what you know, each side believes in. We believe in the individual, right? That's, you know, we are made in the image of God, Imago Dei, and, and you know, we, we pride ourselves on individual liberty. What is the left ideology? I don't care if you're AOC or, or whether you're Chuck Schumer. It is collectivism, right? The, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, which means they're a hive mind. They're drones. They're like the Borg. And there's a certain level. I mean, it's not very smart. Okay, it's not strategic. But there's a, there's a certain power to that, that collectivist way of thinking. And that's why it's very hard for us sometimes to come together on an issue because we pride ourselves in individual liberty. Yeah. The left couldn't give a crap about individual liberty. Yeah, yeah hard for us to, to unite and, and stay uh, together on that. Tricky. Um, uh, I got a lot more questions to ask you, Dr. Corker. I don't want to keep you forever. We'll, we'll do it again another time. But let me, let's, uh, my bigger, I got some more bigger questions, like bigger questions about Trump's yeah. campaign or whatever, but we can save that. Um, let me just ask one more relevant to the day uh, about Hunter Biden. Uh, do you think this will turn into something bigger? And, and my, my theory, and I want to get your take on it and feel free to crush it down, obviously is that the Democratic Party is looking for a way to push Biden out and put Newsom in. Do you think they're thinking that connivingly or, or no? Yes, again, this is, this is a kind of trap they created for themselves out of their own devices. Um, I, I think if you look at how the corporate media has treated Biden in the last month, whether it's with uh, regards to Hunter, Wilmington, the phone calls, Devin Archer, on and on and on. I think they're starting to realize he is an albatross around their necks when it mm. comes to you know, 2024. Um, but they created this utter trap for themselves by putting the cackler in as the vice president. Vice, yeah. the, you know, Kamala's you know, l even m l less popular than he is. So I, I think the... the, the I don't like doing predictions because nobody's kept to them. Nobody says six months later, well, you said this. But if I had to expect a possible scenario, he says, you know, health reasons, I'm stepping down. 
And then the DNC says, oh, in the interest of the voice of the people, I mean, complete BS, uh, we don't want to have an automaticity of Kamala taking over. So for the next elections, uh, it would be fair to have a primary. And then they use superdelegates, you know, to to screw it like they did with with, with Bernie and Hillary. And and, and Newsom becomes the candidate. If I were the DNC... That's probably how I'd be thinking. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Uh, they got to find a way to do that without saying, uh, you know, he's senile. Because, <laughs> like, well, what do you mean you put a senile man in office? Well, We've been telling you all well, along. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. There is an incredible, I mean, I don't know if you've seen this, Mike, but there is a creepy interview that he did. I think it was, like, 2007 or 2008 before the inauguration. On, on you know ABC or MSNBC or something, and the interviewer asks Biden, "What what happens if uh, if you and uh, Obama have a serious uh, disagreement on on policy issues?" And and, uh, and Biden says, "Oh, I, I don't think we'd have a serious disagreement, but if we do, and this is a direct quote, Mike, he says, I will come up with some ailment, and I will resign." I mean, that's just weird. That was 16 years ago. And, and you know, he's definitely already floated this possibility because he knows he's had two brain aneurysms. He knows that he's senile. The only problem here is not him. The real problem is Jill because, you know, you know why he's running, Mike, right? It's not because he wants to run. It's because of Jill. Jill wants to stay the first lady. She's the real you know, person who say you will bloody well run again, Joe. So yeah. the question is, will Jill acquiesce to the DNC's demands for him to step down? And that I don't know. Dr. Sebastian Gorka, uh, former National Security Affairs editor at Breitbart, and right now his national show, Salem Radio Network, 3 to 6 Eastern. Dr. Gorka, wonderful to talk to you, sir. I hope we can do it again. Yeah, and welcome aboard. And please follow me on all social media at Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka. Thank you, Mike. We'll do it. Thank you, sir. Uh, Yeah, here's the quote. Uh, Regarding what he would do if he disagreed with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, U.S. President-elect Joe Biden said, like I told Barack, if I reach something where there's a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. (laughs) What? What kind of sentence is that? American made I got American parts Man, thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily. Uh, really excited for tomorrow's show. Uh, we're going to talk to the author of a new book about like, like connecting the dots and connecting the money with big tech and our schools and how they became so woke. And it's really, I, lo- I, I love connecting dots helping things make sense, and you always got to follow the money. We'll do that tomorrow. Breitbart News Daily. Spread the word. I'm in love with her, and I won't apologize.